0: You are listening to UBC Waco podcast. (laughs) Are you recording? Yeah. Oh, okay. We can use that as just a scratch track for now. Well, friends, happy Christ the King Sunday. I don't know if that's the appropriate greeting for this morning. It feels like there should be some sort of and also with you tossed somewhere in for good measure. Um, But here we are together. So I've actually been here going on two and a half months already, um, and this is the first time I'm preaching from the New Testament, so hopefully it's um, not the morning that we find out that I don't know how to do that, so we'll, we'll see together, um, but I'm excited. I'm challenged by this morning's theme, Christ, the King, cosmic, Christ, King of all, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. I love the bigness of God, the expansive nature, the essence who fills all things and all spaces. I love the God who comes in victory The idea of my own humanity and my own smallness is comforting to me. I've said for years that if I lose my faith in its entirety, because there have been moments when I have lost it in part, take me to the mountains and show me the stars. I'm sorry, for those of you who were raised in central Texas, um, a mountain, (laughs) there are parts of the country with these really big hills. Um, We call them mountains. You can actually drive up to the top of them. You can climb them if you want. There's these weird pokey trees there um, called pine trees. But to me, there is nothing as humbling or as instructive than a night sky on a cool mountain filled with stars and totally void of light pollution. When you look up, and it feels like you could spin off the face of the earth into the cosmos, that is one of the places where my faith is the most tangible to me. That is the place where I can remember and contextualize phrases like star breather, and I can better imagine God's universe and my tiny place in it. That is one of the spaces where Christ is king me but what kind of king that is the question before us today in the scope of imperialistic colonizing language in the coded words of headship and lordship and ruler how do we envision a kingdom that fits with both the one whose immeasurable greatness and fragile humanity lie before us As we enter into Advent, we hold in tension Christ's seat in the heavenly places with roughly seven pounds of flesh who entered the world like any of the rest of us did. How do we take both of those truths into our soul? How do we both revere and nurture our Lord? Where do we find our place in the kingdom of a baby who would one day reside far above any other rule. As you've gotten to know me and I've gotten to know you, you've heard a little bit about our family and our story, and as you may have gathered thus far, our experience as adoptive parents was not quite what we anticipated it to be. Not only did it take so much longer than we had envisioned, it was filled with despair and confusion and anger and way too many people telling us what God did or did not want for our family, the audacity. (laughs) There were several seasons where up and down didn't align with what we knew. There were times that taught me what I did and did not believe about God's calling and plan and direction. There were times where I was afraid that I was forcing God's hand somehow, like adopting would be some sort of Horrific end for our family, but God was going to give us exactly what we wanted out of spite because I wouldn't leave God alone about it. To passages like the parable of the widow and the unjust judge in Luke 18. They told myself that God wanted me to keep asking. Keep asking like the widow who was wronged, who went to an unjust judge and demanded justice until she got it. would whisper to myself wear God down as I prayed for the hundred millionth time I struggled to relate to a king whose heart would deny something so beautiful and so good to those he loved and led I would ask Jeremy through tears at three in the morning what if this isn't what God wants for us Or worse, what if God can and just won't? Then the guilt of having two incredible, intelligent, kind, funny, loving kids and still somehow wanting more would creep in. And I would figure something was wrong and it was probably me. I even remember praying the words of Paul in our passage because somebody, somewhere, some sort of Christian uh, pseudoscience science said, pray scripture. God, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation and help me remember the immeasurable greatness of your power, the owner of a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. And despite my desperate attempts to reason myself into submission to a, a God whose will I didn't know or understand, My heart longed for someone who didn't even exist yet. And I could not find comfort in God's bigness anymore. No mountaintop would be of aid to me. Christ, the King, cosmic Christ, what had in different times of my life been air and food and water, had become a source of dark and cold do you ever have to think thoughts that you don't want to think? You have to face those thoughts alone in the middle of the night. Perhaps God really is ambivalent. Maybe I'm just another subject in an otherwise unremarkable kingdom. Well, in May of 2019, nine years into our adoption process, Jeremy and I attended a weekend training in Portland, Oregon, not Maine. After the very first, very intense day, we went to the Grotto. The Grotto is a 62-acre monastery that is home to the national sanctuary of our sorrowful mother. Man, there's a lot I admire about Catholicism, but just the moodiness of it. It's like, it's so good. The grotto was tended, still is, uh, by Servite friars who live on the grounds. There are altars, hundreds of altars, set up from all around the world. There is a little chapel, the chapel of our Mother Mary. And you walk in and you see a floor-to-ceiling painted fresco of Mary, At her right side is Jesus, and on her left, God the Father, and they are crowning her. Directly above, in big, unapologetic print, the words, Behold, thy mother. As I walked into that chapel, a mother myself, who longed to be a mother again, so heavy with the isolation that comes from wondering if the one who made you sees you or hears you or knows you or cares about you. I saw her. I saw the one who gave life to the one called cosmic. I saw the one who named the one whose name is above all other names. I saw the mother who agreed to birth and nurse and say goodbye to her son before she even had a chance to know him who didn't know what it would mean to raise a king, and I saw the king who crowned her alongside him, and I found it. I found my way into the kingdom for what felt like the very first time. Christ the King Sunday. Where does your mind go? Do you go to power and strength and might and victory? Divinity? What if what makes Jesus a different kind of king is not constrained to his divinity? What if what makes Jesus accessible and gentle is her, his mother? What if Jesus' reign is everything we hope for and more because of his humanity? And I know that notoriously when humanity and kingdom is intertwined, it does not bode well for the rest of the world. It is easy enough to divorce Jesus from the fully human part of fully human and fully divine I know I have told myself that while, yes, I believe that Jesus was in nature somehow both a person and God, it would be an easier humanity. Tempted in every way, but didn't sin? Okay. Besides, he came as a male, a rabbi, in a time of religious elitism and patriarchy, so honestly, how could... tempted could he have been? Let's be real. Nothing that his divinity couldn't handle, am I right? What if Jesus's safety, openness, protection, and restoration exists squarely in the vulnerability of his humanity? Behold thy mother. John 19 says, meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, standing beside her, he said to his mother, woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. Standing in front of the image of Mary with a broken heart and the faintest whisper of hope. I didn't need a conquering king who would rush by me on his way to deal with global or universal problems. I needed the kid who was standing there with his parents. I needed the son who was worried about his mom. I needed the one who even in insurmountable torment on a cross was set on making provision for his family. Christ the king cannot be divorced from Jesus the son, little s. From Jesus the brother, Jesus the friend, Jesus the victim, cosmic, universal, name above all other names, infinitely powerful, seated at the right hand of God from a small town, born to unwed parents, abandoned and oppressed and targeted and crucified, I still love getting lost in God's bigness, though, to be frank, it's harder these days. I still love the reminder of my own frailty. but Sometimes what I need is to spend time with the king whose life's ambition is to make sure that the people that he loves are okay. I need to be seen and known by the one who was worried about his mom. I trust that king because I matter in that kingdom. As we move into Advent this year, I want to invite us to keep Jesus' humanity in sharp and close view not just as the savior who came as a baby, but as the friend who came to give what only he could give. The king who cares for his kingdom. For me, there is great peace in knowing that the Holy Spirit is active in making all things new. In the midst of great suffering and war, human trafficking and addiction and climate change, domestic violence, terminal diagnoses, chronic isolation, loneliness. I need to know that someone is doing something. I know that God's love and nature will have the ultimate say and that I have a part to play in highlighting God's beauty and justice in the world. But when the pain is imminent... And when God's people can't even agree on who is worthy of God's love, I find peace in the one who encourages us, encourages us to behold one another as family, the one who makes provision for both the one and the many. Find peace in knowing that the one who is crowned immediately turns and crowns the rest of us. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who sacrifices with good as long as you live. UBC, may we know the vastness and the vulnerability of Christ the King. (sighs) May we allow God to be who we need God to be Cosmic and close. May we behold one another as the disciple beheld the mother of Jesus. May we belong to one another. And may the spirit of wisdom and revelation give us assurance that we matter in the kingdom of Christ. Amen. We have the opportunity to uh, practice the gift of silence together. I mean, we reflect, uh, attune our hearts to the spirit as she teaches, corrects, uh, fixes something I may have said incorrectly. We do that together, united in the love.